that do it all mentality. So many women, myself included, think that we can do it all. And for many, many years, you might have been able to, or many months or many weeks, fill in that blank for you. But at some point, it's going to break. And that breaking point is hard on everybody, not just on yourself, but on your family, on your friends, on your work, on your children, on everybody who surrounds you. So you being strong and not being maxed out can actually help the entire world that surrounds you. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We are so excited for these next two episodes, and they will be going hand in hand. But today, we're going to talk about how women are feeling maxed out, how it's honestly not just in our heads. It's a real thing. And there are plenty of studies. There's plenty of books in which Amy and I will talk about today, and we definitely have read about this phenomenon. We also want to talk about the things that we've been doing ourselves to really dig out of this feeling and hopefully can leave you with a couple of points to really help your day today and then down the road. I have become so invested in this idea because in my opinion, we really need more women to make a change because we are demonstrating to the next generation what it looks like to be a woman and to be a mother. And you guys all know I have three little boys. Like I think it's equally as important for me as a boy mom to show partnership with my husband, their dad, to them so that they understand, hey, when you grow up, you you better be helping your partner. Um, so I think that's it's a really big opportunity. So I have done a lot of reading in this realm. Um, Books include Molly Millwood's Motherhood, Marriage, and the Modern Dilemma, Tiffany Dufu's Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less, and then recently I've been reading All the Rage, Mothers, Fathers, and the Myth of Equal Partnerships. This has really helped me to understand the issue and understand my feelings. So to take you back before Drew and I got married, I was very straightforward with him. I remember the first time meeting his parents and seeing how they interacted and seeing how much his mom did around the house and for everyone. She's very, she has a servant heart. Mm -hmm. She really serves. And I saw the other women in his family doing that as well. And I was like, "Uh, I drew if you want to marry me, I am not going to serve you. Like I, that is not my personality. I'm not going to do all this stuff around the house. Like I'm getting married for a partnership. I was 24. My like feminist (laughs) flag was flying so high. And Drew said, he's like, no, I don't want that. Like I want to be your partner. And so we go happily down the road and what changes is that we have children and what we didn't understand as what we thought of as a progressive couple is that children change that dynamic because children are so much work 
And the mother, especially in the beginning, takes on so much of the child rearing work. But then for most of us, what we're doing around the house doesn't go down. Mm -hmm. So we just gained a new role with so much responsibility and time. My friend uses a breastfeeding app. She just had her first baby. She said, Amy, my app said I breastfed for seven hours yesterday. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, yeah. Kate, stop keeping track. Because <laughs> that is like, I mean, keep track if you want to keep track. But in my head, I'm like, I would rather not know that. Wow. Because that's just like, seems so overwhelming. So anyway, just to say that the reason Abby and I wanted to open this conversation back up is because we know that you can move to a better place. So Drew and I, as we've talked about, we kind of had a tumble into parenthood until I started learning more about this stuff. And the story goes is that we just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary and we were sitting down to our takeout dinner and we were doing our year in review. And we were, we were saying, this has been our best year of Mm -hmm. marriage. Like we have been so strong, so kind, like we are just proud of where our marriage is. This is why though, you guys, like we realized we had a problem. Like we weren't being equal partners once our kids came and we worked to adjust that. And so that's why we can sit there at that dinner and both feel very happy and fulfilled and taken care of. So we're going to dive into that today. Abby, can you speak to the feeling of being maxed out? I just think it's so interesting, first of all, that in your sixth year of marriage, you had a third child. So it wasn't like your workload got any less. It actually got even more. And that was your best year, even though you had more kids, more work on your plate, because you finally did figure out, hey, I can't do it all. This has to be a partnership. But the feeling of being maxed out, I mean, does any woman not feel that way? If they do, like, tell me all your secrets or (laughs) tell me whatever you're doing right now. But there was a point, Amy, where I was feeling like I had to get rid of things in my life. And yes, we do need to get rid of things, but it was big things like friends. (laughs) Like, can I even still have friends right now? I want to be the best mom in the world. I want to be the best wife in the world. Can friends even fit into this picture? And it sounds silly to think of right now, but there was a literally a really long time where I just didn't know if that would be part of it. I thought about work. Like, can I keep on having a career? Can I keep on doing what I'm doing? Um, these are all thoughts that I think go through many women's minds as they figure out, do they want to go back to work? Do they want to stay in their job? Do they want to change positions slightly? But it's safe to say that I've come a long way since then. I still have friends. I still have careers. <laughs> it's going pretty well but did hit a point where I wanted to stop feeling that way. And the questions that I asked were, what do I want to change? Like, what are the actual things that I want to change? Where can I get some of my time back so that I can say yes to the things that I absolutely feel passionately about, but I can definitely say no. And a confident no, which I'm still working on, we'll talk about that soon, probably next week, about the things that don't really bring me all that much joy. And then I started thinking, well, why am I the one who is feeling this way? I have a supportive partner. I have a great employer. I have a flexible job, a flexible schedule. I have awesome childcare. Why am I the one who's feeling this way? There are people out there who are probably feeling way, way worse because they don't have all these things that I have just become accustomed Essentially, to. Essentially, like, I should be fine because I, be. I have, like, been dealt pretty good cards. 
but there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> but there's not something wrong with you. Everyone can feel maxed out. Regardless of your situation, everyone can feel that way. But why wasn't I able to manage it? And I think it was just too much all at once. But some of the, my favorite books that really helped me figure out how can I start managing these things, how can I start to feel more in control of my life, were a book ironically called Maxed Out, Shauna Nyquist's Present Over Perfect, and I also have The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's actually sitting on my nightstand right now. I bought it back in February, and I've just been too hurried to even open it up. So that is going to be on the homework assignment once I just can sit down and rest and actually dig into that book. But I think the biggest turning point for me was that I had to start letting go of tasks, tasks that other people could do just as well as I could do them. And I think that a lot of women do this. Please tell me I'm not the only one, but I was filling every single second of my day with something that needed to get done. If I had an extra 15 minutes, I would fill it with a task that that had to be done instead of going for a walk or just taking a break or just resting. And it was all of those tiny pieces of not resting over and over and over again that really led to that feeling of being maxed out. It's really funny because you and I have had these conversations (sighs) just as we've navigated our lives. And I constantly tell you, from my perspective, I'm like, Abby, I don't like to always be busy. Mm -hmm. Like, I need days where I am not responsible for something at work or something in the house. Like, I feel like the modern woman has really lost the ability to just stop and sit completely and read a book for pleasure. And like, we are all always in a hurry and the busyness and the accomplishment of doing tasks drives a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And like, what if we just slow down sometimes? (laughs) Even just sometimes. And like, as an Enneagram three, some people might be like, but I like that hurry. I like that hustle. I do too. Like I like the hurry and hustle too. But by taking a break once in a while, you can be recharged enough so that the things that you're doing that you actually like doing are done with full force. Well, yeah, I told you last night, I'm like, the thing is, I have been so busy lately with, you know, the pandemic and expecting and empowered and all these things. And what slips for me is creativity. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel Mm -hmm. as creative. And that does impact my businesses. Like that is part of my secret sauce. So for me, when that shows up where I'm like, I don't really care. I mean, let's post whatever. <laughs> like, I know I need to make a change and go for a walk in nature and just be like, Amy, your mind can't constantly be going to the next thing or the next task. I know one thing that has helped, which is hard right now, is that Drew and I decided we needed more help. Yeah. So we hired um, our housekeeping out. So once a month, someone comes, they scrub the toilets, they scrub the shower, they do all these things that were getting not done or done on like a Saturday or Sunday when you want to spend time with your family. Of course, she hasn't been able to come over for a long time, but I'm really looking forward to that. The help that we miss the most is our parents. So our parents would constantly come into town. I'm saying one set of parents probably every other week to help us with our kids because they want to see them and play with them and experience them. But it would also give Drew and I the opportunity 
to get things done that we needed to get done, to go on a walk, just the two of us, to go on a date, just the two of us, to do these things that filled us up as partners. And that is something that we are really, really missing right now. But how about for you guys? I know that you are very much more of a clean, tidy person. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started to add the kids and the careers and everything, like where have you been able to find someone to help? I fought it for so long. Like I fought hiring a housekeeper for so long. You're also like a penny pincher. <laughs> for sure. I'm a cheapskate. So I'm like, well, if I can do this, if I can spend three or four hours doing this and not have to pay somebody else, then I'm going to do it. And then I realized like the value of my time and the ability to give those dollars to somebody else who a not only is way better at it than I am, does it way faster, but it's also supporting her family. So right. every single time I'm like, I, I can help her live her dreams well, I can therefore go and spend actual time with my children and I have to be cleaning while I'm trying to be a present well, mom. Yeah, go for a walk before church instead of scrubbing two toilets. You Completely. Know what I mean? And these are all things obviously right now that we're not able to do as well. But having the ability to just bring out some of the things that you either A, don't like doing or B, are requiring too much time. And if you don't have a large budget for it, think about the things that you can give up. Maybe it's asking your parents for childcare. Maybe it's talking to the local the local um, high schooler about mowing your lawn or helping with whatever type of lawn service that it is. Like giving away those types of tasks that aren't serving you is hard at first, especially if you are a penny pincher, but it just ends up giving you so much more time back. That do it all mentality, so many women, myself included, think that we can do it all. And for many, many years, you might've been able to, or many months or many weeks Fill in that blank for you, but at some point it's going to break. And that breaking point is hard on everybody, not just on yourself, but on your family, on your friends, on your work, on your children, on everybody who surrounds you. So you being strong and not being maxed out can actually help the entire world that surrounds you. And getting to this level has taken me years. Like I'm not even saying that lately. It's taken me years. And it's also taken me professional help with working with a counselor. So I've been working with a counselor for over five years, which is why we're so excited to introduce our first sponsor. So Amy and I are both so passionate about the mental health space, about making sure that you can get the professional opinion and also that you can get the help that you need when you need it. So we have partnered with BetterHelp Counseling Services. We know that every woman out there has challenges and challenges that a professional can help walk you through far more quickly than if you just talk to a friend or try to get through it on your own. So when I received our baby news a couple of weeks ago, literally my first call was to my mom, my second call was to Amy, and then my third call was to my counselor because I knew that she would be the catalyst to the movement when I was feeling super stuck. So with all of this, know that better help is so much faster than typical counseling. It's also far more affordable and you can talk through anxiety, relationships, if you're having sleeping issues. You can talk through self-esteem, grief, anger. No topic is off limits and everything is confidential. So if you want to start living a happier life, visit betterhelp.com backslash herself. All of our listeners are going to receive 10% off your entire first month. So join the 800,000 people already finding success on the platform. And again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com backslash herself. And Abby and I are super excited because we are both using BetterHelp. 
So we can't wait to share that experience. Um, But another thing that we wanted to bring up is the idea that your body and your mind are sending you signals Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you are maxed out. And what happens is that we as a society have made them into jokes, (laughs) like, oh, mom brain, or we just ignore them and keep going because what else are we to do? Right. So one thing that Abby brought up is the stoner effect. <laughs> you might be thinking, you're like, wait a minute, why are they talking about drugs on this podcast oh, no, right oh, now? No, they're saying take drugs. <laughs> we are not talking about drugs. But when I was reading this in the book Maxed Out, Amy, I hate to put you on the spot, but it actually <laughs> reminded me quite a bit of your life, not because of your consumption or any substances that you take, but because I know that you have a tendency to, let's say, forget things once in a while, maybe put them in the wrong spot. And this is where that multitasking while parenting makes people forget things. Amy, it's not just you, but when you lost your wallet, when we were going to fill out our bank statements, and that's (laughs) the only thing that you needed to bring, or mixing up dates when we have our interviews, or that never-ending saga of always missing your AirPod. (laughs) You know, I wish that I could blame it all on motherhood, but this, my personality has always lended itself to the stoner effect. I do wholeheartedly think though that my brain just has too much going on Mm -hmm. and that definitely amplifies the stoner effect to a level that is something that I need to work on. Honestly, Drew would wholeheartedly agree with that statement, but A story that comes to mind is when I was at my nursing job, my friend Denise, she was telling me about these things that she kept doing, culminating in which she forgot to put her car in park, and then she left and went into the house, and the car did not stay where it was because it wasn't in park, like an actual scary thing, you know, that happened. So that sent her to the doctor. She she went to her doctor. She was like, I think there's something wrong with me. I think there's something wrong with my brain. I've been so forgetful. I did something really dangerous. Like, I'm scared. They did a battery, a barrage of tests on her. Like, I'm talking MRIs to make sure that she was yeah. okay. And the doctor got all the results. And he was like, Denise, there's nothing there. The issue is your life. You have three little girls. You work at a nursing job that is you're so highly demanded physically, emotionally at. You have too much going on. There is too much going on and your brain is showing you that like you cannot keep up this pace of life. And it's like, that's actually the prescription that all I think most of our doctors would give us is you have got to slow down. Like you have got to stop living at this pace where your brain and your body are showing you like this is too much. So we are going to talk a little bit about how we can start to do that. Well, in Denise's case, that was a wake up call. Like sometimes that is what we need is that really abrupt, okay, holy crap moment of my car is now in my garage, but the garage door is down and it's now broken or wherever her car ended up being in order to make that change. But hopefully after listening to this and just implementing some things in our own lives, we don't have to have that really, really scary wake up call in order to make the small changes. And just know that this is not a man versus woman problem. But 
as women, we are taking on so much more now than we ever have in history. But it's how we come together with our partners and experience that true partnership. This is where we can start to make things better. And we want to start helping women feel better inside their own roles. So in your own life, Amy, what does that look like? Between you and Drew, what have you talked about? What have you put into place? What are some things that are actually working in your relationship? Well, knowledge is power. Knowledge is empowerment. So I learned from the books that we will be linking and listing these ideas So one thing I knew for certain is that Drew and I needed to start sharing the tasks that were both seen and unseen. So what happens is women have all of these things in their mind and they keep thinking about it. And so that's like a second shift for your mind. Like you're like, oh, I still have to make that dentist Mm -hmm. appointment. I still have to do this. I still have to. So I knew that I needed help from Drew. So one tangible thing that we have done is that I have taken the pediatrician appointments and the dentist appointments completely off of my plate and put them onto his. He is a professional. He (laughs) knows how to handle a schedule. So like I think where some women slip up is they then they check on the task. They're like, Drew, did you make that appointment? Did you do this? It's like, no, I needed to say, babe you are in charge of these pediatrician appointments. I'm not going to check. I'm also not going to be the middle person between you and daycare to tell, you know, you have to tell daycare, okay, Cole's got to leave early for his nine month checkup. I'm not going to do any of that. Like this is all on you. And then for the appointments, and this goes, whether you're a working mom or a stay at home mom, the appointments are split between Drew and I. So when our kids have to go to the pediatrician, either of us can take them. But Drew is the one who sets that up. Yeah, like he's Drew the one who lets you know. And then mm-hmm. he and then he assigns himself or me. We use an app called Cozy, C O Z I, not sponsored. Um and he puts in who's gonna take them and just splits it up evenly. And so this and the dentists, you guys, have been completely taken out of my brain. I don't even have to think about it because I've clearly delegated and then washed my hands of it. So maybe in your family that doesn't work because your husband's more like me and sucks at schedules. (laughs) But where is there a task where you're like, you know what? The garbage going out out on Mondays is actually really hard for me to get all of the garbages together and get them to the curb. That's another task Drew does. But Think of what you could delegate to kind of even your workload. And all these tasks, they take three minutes. Like they're not big tasks, but it's the hundreds and hundreds of three-minute tasks that are in our mind. And it's the thinking about when do I have to do this next that is burdening the mind that it has to be on. So whether it's taking the garbage out on Monday, booking that appointment in six months versus nine months versus fill in that date, that's the hard part. It's not actually making the appointment. It's the thinking forward with that apart, with that piece of it. And yes, if your husband is more like Amy, um, I think that my husband resonates a lot with Amy. He's not going to be doing the scheduling. But what can he do instead? He's really good at cooking. So he's the one who writes out that grocery list. He plans out the meals of what we're going to have. It's one less thing that I know at 530, there's going to be decent food on the table. Yes, do we get pizza sometimes? Of course. Um, do we have to order out once in a while? Yes. But at least he kind of knows what do we have to do at the store? What do we have to get? And takes um, note of those types of things. So 
if you're if you're like, nope, my husband would never do that every day of the week, split it up. Maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one of you takes it on. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the other takes it on. I mean, whatever works for you guys, like figure it out within your own life. And sometimes I think it does take sitting down and actually yeah. talking about that. I was going to say, Drew and I, once I started to, I read Drop the Ball and that really did change the game for me because Tiffany and her book really shares like tangible steps that she took. Um, but I just asked Drew very calmly, I said, can we sit down tomorrow and can we just talk about a few things that have really been causing me some stress so that we can get to a better place and Drew said yeah and there's been multiple times in our marriage where we have these sit down meetings where one or the other has something that they need to bring to the table as partners and say like hey this isn't going well for me how can we get this into a better place so that we both feel really good and we meet at our kitchen table you guys and it's so helpful to Mm -hmm. your marriage because you're both you can both come in calm you know set a time where it's not I've found that the end of the day meetings don't work for me not us either (laughs) I feel like exasperated so if he asks me for one thing I'm like so we know it's kind of our weekend thing we do it during the day, during a nap time, and that's the way of it. And we can come back together and move our family forward because in true partnership, I really think both sides have to feel well. And when you sit down, if do it once a week. I mean, the first couple times, it might be trying to prevent a really, really big issue from happening. There might be a lot of emotions. There might be a lot of, hey, you're doing this, I'm doing this. But eventually, you'll get to a point where it's more preventative and that you're doing it ahead of any of the anxiety that comes up, ahead of any of those big issues that come up. And I'll also let you know that it's humbling sitting down and understanding how much more your partner does than you might think. So again, not a man versus woman issue, but there are a lot of things that come to the table that I'm like, I have no idea that those things need to get done, like the maintenance on our snowblower and our lawnmower. I've never even thought about doing that. It was like Colin has just taken care of those things. So just knowing that our partners are able, are stepping up in different ways, but then also giving them exactly what they need right. in order to make you feel the best that you can possibly feel. Because girl, when you're feeling good and when you're not feeling maxed out, that is a gift to your partner. It's a gift to everyone around right. you. That's what I tell people. I think when I share this stuff, some people are thinking like, oh, it might cause trouble between Drew and I, but like I was saying, our marriage has never been better now that we both feel mm-hmm. like seen and heard and appreciated. What we realized is that in some areas we weren't playing to our strengths. So why not split the tasks up so that we can both play to our strengths? So the thing is easier for us to do. The scheduling is easier for him to do anyway. So like, why wouldn't Drew do that? But as women, what I see happen a lot is Mother's Day just passed a few weeks ago and you see all of these posts. Sunday's a great day for everyone. They get the day off, you know, whatever it is. And then Monday comes and they're hit with the reality that there's a ton of dishes in the sink because their husband cooked them the meal, but he couldn't clean the kitchen because mm-hmm. that's he doesn't do that. And I'm like, but you guys, as women... We have to step up and have the ability to say, babe, that was such a delicious meal. Thank you so much for making that. 
I would really appreciate it if you also did the dishes so that tomorrow I don't have to wake up and feel like I have a punishment for taking the night off. And those feelings of annoyance or resentment, those are yellow flags to you. Like you should know I'm feeling resentful towards my partner. What change can we make so that that's not my go-to feeling towards them? Because I can say from my own experience, I've talked so plainly about this. After Max, most of the time I felt like this annoyance with Drew was like my baseline feeling towards Mm -hmm, him mm -hmm. because I was too maxed out. So in that situation, maybe it really is baby steps and you're just going to say to your partner, okay, I need a change. I'm feeling really annoyed that I'm in charge of the kitchen every single night, seven days a week. I'm going to give you Tuesdays and Thursdays to start. And then I just like to coach women. When you delegate that off, don't also come in with a critical eye. So if you're going to have him load the dishwasher, don't check his work or tell him he did the, he put the bowls in wrong. You know, give that some time, like reward the behavior of like, thank you so much for like stepping up and helping me with this. It really means a lot that you heard that and you implemented it. And then a couple weeks go by of the behavior. Then you can say like, babe, would you mind putting the bowls so that they're flat, so that they're face down so they don't get water in them? (laughs) Because if you go in right with criticism, they're like, okay, I can't do anything right. Like you're criticizing every move I make around the house. Why Why would right. I want to help? And if you're like, ah, but I don't know the exact words to say. If you go into episode nine, the guys actually come on and they talk through exactly how they want to be spoken to. So we often go towards the nagging, maybe not the first time or the second time, but all of a sudden the seventh time comes and that nagging, throwing the pots and pans around, the aggressive resentment just all comes out. So our husbands come on in episode nine and talk through that communication and how, as a man, they actually want to be spoken to. So a good one to go back to if you're looking for some of those first couple of words. And like Evie and I have said several times during the episode, it's not women versus men, partner versus partner. It is literally, I'm having these feelings. I feel very maxed out. This is not going to be sustainable for me to be my best self. Because what you find is then you're acting out at your husband. Maybe you're more impatient with your kids. Like all of these things bubble over. And then as women, People, women tend to feel so bad about themselves. They're like, what kind of mom am I Mm, I, that I have no patience with my toddler? Well, you're the the kind that is too busy and you need to offload some stuff. And that patience comes back. I'm telling you, I've been through this. Like Mm -hmm. you just are more resilient when you feel cared for as well. It is not selfish to put yourself first in these situations. It is, we've said this before, but it's honestly best for every single human around you if you take that really, really seriously. And as somebody who does identify as an achiever, I'm in sales, I've been in sales for 13 years now, I like to be on overdrive all the time. I like things to get done right this second in the perfect quality. So sometimes I'll get the tasks done well before Colin even notices that they're done. And it's not fair that I'm resentful towards him. Like he didn't even have a chance to do them. So just taking your foot off the accelerator, taking some time to slow down, giving your partner or the people around you the opportunity to step up. So we hope that you can take 
something from this episode and implement it into your life. Some of us, like I really like baby steps. So I do things rather slow to make a change. Maybe you have a meeting and you guys go over, you lay it all out on the table. Like it depends on what type of person you are, but hopefully you can take something out of this episode. And the next episode, we are going to talk about the ability to say no. And I think that's going to be really impactful for some women. 